Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. My team lost the other night. Shocking, I know, but do not fret. We will get through this together. I will not bore you with the details. For most of the game, they were doing well, but with about ten minutes left, the wheels came off. Baskets stopped falling, poor decisions were made, and the tide decidedly turned. One moment stood out. With about two and a half minutes left to go, a freshman star stood at the free throw line. These were pivotal points that could have turned the momentum back in our favor, and so the pressure was palpable. He dribbled, he shot, he missed. Twice. And as the other team grabbed the rebound, his shoulders slumped and his head fell, and he shuffled back on defense. At that moment, the commentator said something quite insightful. He said, perfection. He expects perfection. I paraphrase a little here, but he went on to say, when this freshman does not achieve perfection, it affects his execution on the next play and subsequent plays to come. A senior might shrug off an honest mistake, no matter how consequential. But these freshmen, they expect perfection. Perfection is a pernicious disease, perhaps even an addiction. Now, allow me to qualify that statement. I am not criticizing a healthy work ethic. Our natural drive to be the best has been an engine for great things in business, in art, in study, even in church. But something unhealthy can happen when we cross the line from wanting to do our best and needing to be perfect. I wonder if these early Christians at the church in Corinth were striving to be perfect. When Paul helped found the church and Corinth in the first century, Corinth was a bustling trade hub. Corinth sits on that narrow land bridge between the Greek mainland to the north and the Peloponnesian Peninsula to the south. And it benefited from two harbors, one on the Ionian Sea to the east and one the Aegean Sea to the west. So the city was full of all sorts of different people, traders and merchants, rich and poor, Romans and otherwise, all moving and shaking and doing business and greeting one another before they left for the four corners of the earth. 
what an advantageous spot for a new community of faith. Paul was many things, but he ain't no dummy. And speaking of sports, Corinth was also the home of the Isthmian Games, one of the precursors to our Olympics. So the people of Corinth were certainly accustomed and probably celebrated high levels of achievement. So in the midst of this melting pot of entrepreneurs and traders and travelers, a little church begins. And like any new institution, it suffered from its share of growing pains. The church at Corinth struggles with a wide variety of issues, from the influence of pagan practices to some various juicy immoralities and issues surrounding proper worship. Last week, as I'm sure you all remember, we read from this letter in which Paul, being the subtle guy that he is, essentially calls the people of Corinth a bunch of babies. Brothers and sisters, he wrote, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. In other words, you're a bunch of freshmen. Paul goes on to comment today, do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the people of Corinth, not unlike people today, folks like you and me, they were trying to get it right, perhaps even trying to be perfect. With the zeal of new converts, I would wager that these baby Christians argued about a host of things because they believed if they got it right, that then they would receive the grace and love of Christ. But Paul reminds them and reminds us that the grace and love of Christ is not a locked door requiring a very specific key, but an open gate inviting all inside. How often do we, in our jobs, in our parenting, in our lives, get so bogged down in getting it right, in getting it perfect, that we forget that the real benefit of our efforts is the journey, the striving, the evolution, and that the end product will undoubtedly be more than good enough. Jesus says in tonight's Gospel, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now we might read that and think to ourselves, that throw, that's a huge contradiction to what I've been talking about for the past 10 minutes. However, the Greek word translated as perfect, theos, doesn't, perfect isn't all that it means. It also means complete, or well, or whole. Be whole as your heavenly Father is whole. In other words, own your own stuff, imperfections and and faults and gifts alike, for all of us have a lot of all three. Own your gray hair, or the fact that I am starting to have to hold texts further and further away. 
own the fact that I like to take naps on Sunday afternoons, and I sometimes feel bad when I come to this service and my hair is a little smooshed on this side. I'm reminded of a lesson I learned many years ago. When visiting someone in the hospital or counseling someone in the great trauma, too often we believe that there is a right thing to say or do. As ridiculous as it might sound, we consciously or subconsciously believe that there is some magical combination of word and tone that will magically make the person feel all better. But in reality, in those moments and lots of moments, what really matters is just being there, is making the effort. What really matters is writing the note or making the casserole, or showing up at the door and just holding someone's hand. And none of that will be perfect, but it most definitely will be holy. Later in his letter to his brothers and sisters in Corinth, Paul writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. Despite our striving, despite our need to get it right, in spite of our addiction to perfection, we are one. We are one in the body of Christ. So as we struggle to do what is best, as we struggle to do what is right, as we succumb to that temptation of perfection, let's also give us, give ourselves some grace and some forgiveness. Let us give ourselves some space to remember that God desires us not to be perfect, but to be whole. And to always remember that we are and forever will be, in spite of our imperfections, that we are God's beloved children. Amen.